Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 163, and my name is Jeff. Let me introduce you if you haven't known or heard of us before wonderful co-hosts i got dw and i got jason on the show this week guys it's so good to be with you another week how you guys doing good good to be with you great it's great to be back so what's, with dave what's the definition of great i mean when you say great what do you mean honestly well jason <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me let me process this. <laughs> no, I mean when you go to people and you, and you ask how's it going, what are the standard answers you get from people? I mean, they, you say how's it going, and they say what? Good. Yeah, what does that mean? Good compared to what? Good compared to the fact that you're, you know, you you didn't get your legs amputated today, or what? You know, what I mean, <laughs> I suppose it's good compared to a lot of things. Like yeah. I'm breathing, I'm walking, I'm right. talking, I'm looking right. at you. So that's pretty right. good. Yeah, that is good. It's a pretty good day. Right. Well, I'm old. You know what makes the day good for me is you make it to the end of it and enjoy a good supper. And so, if I ask you in the middle of the day, is the day good? You're like, it depends. I have to wait. No, I don't it, know yet because it hasn't been to the end. Hey, of the day. Every day, <laughs> every day. This word "good" drives me nuts. You know that. I know. It's like don't ever use that word. Don't ever use it because it means nothing. What if I were to say it's swell? Well, that's a little bit better, I guess, because swelling means it's getting better. <laughs> Or bigger? In some sense. In some sense. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Jason Jason gets to hang out with you, Dave, like all the time. And here I am. It's great to be with you because this is the one time a week that I get to spend with you, all of us here on the show. It's one of the highlights of my week. I have to, I have to admit that, guys. Not to be too sappy, but yeah. this is one of my favorite parts of the I'm week. I'm feeling a little sapped out. Pardon me while I grab it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I am too. Yeah. Try the eyes. But honestly, I think sometimes we, we don't actually know what we're talking about when we talk. When we're done talking to somebody, you have no idea what they just said. And you just kind of go on because you didn't want to know what they just said anyway. Because if you really knew what they said, you'd have to stop for a moment and do something about what they said. But you don't want to know what they said. So you just say something that doesn't mean anything. They say something that doesn't mean anything. And you go on and nod and your best buddies. You know what? That happened to me when I watched a video this week. Did you guys see the BBC Dad video? Uh, yes, we did. Yes. I don't even know what the professor said in that video. All I remember is the kids coming in and totally taking over his interview with the BBC. It was Pretty fantastic, but yeah, that that totally happened this week. I didn't. I don't remember a single thing that guy said about South Korea. You even remember it was South Korea? I can't remember a thing he said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I called it. Those kind of things are like billboard moments. Have you ever gone by a billboard and wondered what they're advertising? Yes. Yeah, and they're paying a lot of money for that. Well, I, I point it out to my wife all the time. It's the same with TV commercials now. Yeah. You know, you get this whole story, and it's like, what are they selling? And then yeah. it's like, you know, some product at the end of it. I won't name any of them. Yeah. We don't get in trouble for it. But, you know, it's just like, blah, you yeah. know, a pair of shoes by yeah. some brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I think life has kind of gone that way. It's like you can, 
the, all of life. You remember the program Seinfeld? Oh, yeah. You know, yep. it, it was about nothing. It's kind of like the program um, the Duck Call People. You know, Duck, Duck, Duck Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah. I mean, this is a program about nothing. And I think that sometimes like, our lives are going that way. It's like, we're really about nothing. And we like it that way. It's, it, you know, what are you about? Nothing, really. I mean, what would happen if you actually told the truth? Someone comes and says, How the, how's the day going? Crummy. Bad breakfast, burnt my eggs. <laughs> on and on and on. I mean, nobody wants to hear that. Sure. Nobody wants to hear it in the first place. Sure. So we don't say it. So we say, good, everything's good. You just had like the worst breakfast in the world. And everything's good. <laughs> That's so true. I don't think so. I think you can come out and say, man, I just had a really bummer breakfast. But, you know, the day's all right. I mean, but you can't say that because then no one will ask you in the future. You get too much information. Yeah, but, you know, on that on that video, you saw real life. So, in some way, people are actually interested in real life. Absolutely. I think the part of it that you're talking about, Dave, is that maybe we have a presupposed idea of what we're supposed to be talking about. Like, you go and talk to a friend it's kind of like you're looking for some baseline of normalcy. So the, the obvious answer to that question is, well, yeah, I'm feeling good. I mean, if anything else comes up, it's like, oh, well, that was different than what I expected to hear from you. And so then it's like you got to take extra time to unpack it, which I think we just don't make enough time for relationships. But that's a whole other thing. Maybe we'll dive into that in the show tonight. Our conversation this week, Dave, we've been in the book of Colossians. We did miss you on the last show, but I'm glad you survived skiing. I'm, I'm glad you're in one piece. I'm glad you can be on the show this week and talk about Colossians with us because Colossians chapter two is packed with a lot of real life application stuff. And yes, it's, it's, a book that's been written years ago by a guy by the name of Paul, but it has some fantastic stuff in that. So we want to unpack that book. Plus, we have some really great articles to talk about this week, some good stories that are out there. One of being raised in a Christian home, especially as Jason and I were talking about being millennial dads. And so we talked about some goals and dreams we have for our kids. And so we want to expand that conversation tonight. You can join in the conversation with us this week on the tweet back. So if you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime, especially tonight if you're going through something difficult. Maybe you just need to vent to unload something that's been weighing on your heart for a while. Right now is a great time to chat with a live coach at Hobnet360.com. Jeff, DW, and Jason with you this week on the show. And guys, title of our show, Keeping the Main Thing the Main Thing. This week, it became really evident to me that there have been parts of my life where I've been doing an okay job. I don't know if it's the cabin fever where it's like you start to kind of wish that spring were finally getting here. We had snow a couple of times this week, and I'm telling you, I'm ready for spring to be here. I'm just ready for that. I, I think I saw a story that five years ago, we had like temperatures in the 70s and the 80s, not to get distracted from our conversation, but I would love to be in that right now. And I think for many of us, this reminder and this thought of keeping the main thing, the main thing, do you guys find there's a lot of distractions out there and and maybe that we're actually trying to distract ourselves from the reality that it's not quite spring like we had hoped. I know tomorrow's spring, but we're just not quite there yet. I don't know. Distractions seem to be one of those things we run to right now. I think all of our life is full of distractions. I think we love distractions. We'd rather live in distracted world than a real world. 
So we get distracted so that we can't even deal with the things that we're supposed to deal with. Mm. I mean, more people are, are, are entertained by these pretend lives in, in life from Hollywood or whatever that they don't know what real life is, is. So they're distracted. And they would go get into the pretend world. And mm. they think the pretend world is the real world. Talk to them. They'll, they'll, they'll talk to you about all the stuff that's going on in some movie or some television program or Hollywood or something. And to them, that's life. And so their life kind of gets in the way of that. They, they have to keep backing off and they don't even have reality a part of their life anymore. You know, and I think that even stems off of what we talked about in the Oprah, you know, in a joke, the opener and the joke in our... Uh, I was wondering what an Oprah was. An Oprah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. What I was trying to say is that what we were just talking about was, you know, the whole idea of if I were to ask you how your day's going, it's good. And a lot of us avoid reality because either we don't want to face it or it's not what we've expected it to be. And so we kind of live this alternative reality because we don't want to focus on the here and now. And right. so we try to escape in some way or another from that, and we don't want to face it. Yeah. And we don't yeah. want to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, the other, the other funny thing is, is that when you ask somebody, how's it going? Most of the time, it's because you don't have a good enough relationship with them to know how it's going. Right. I mean, if you actually were with people and knew people and lived with people, you would know how it's going. Right. But if you're just going to see them at the store, and you're just going to see them, you know, here and there. Right. And we live these segmented lives. You know, years ago, we didn't live segmented lives. We didn't do that. We, we live segmented lives now. And those segmented lives allow us to live pretend lives. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever heard people talk about, you know, I need accountability and I need someone to mentor, you know, that kind of thing. And we yeah. use the word accountability. Mm-hmm. Yep. In our culture, that's almost impossible. It's almost impossible because of the way we segment ourselves. And the way that we can come up with statements as to how we are, what we did, you know, all those kinds of things. So we can protect a really lousy decision-making life from somebody because we have ways of filtering that, if you know what I mean. And, and then we're afraid to let people know who we really are because the freedom in life comes from letting people know who you really are. That's where freedom comes because mm-hmm. you have no mask that you have to remember to put on. Wouldn't you hate it if, if you wore a mask and you always wore a mask and all of a sudden somebody showed up and you didn't have your mask on? Now what do you do? Now you panic, man. Now you run. Where's my mask? Where's my mask? Why? Nobody's ever seen me without my mask. I got to have my mask. And that's kind of, like, you know, the reality for a lot of people is, you know, I can't be seen without this mask on. And really, you know, I would suggest to people, you, you get into God. God knows who you are without the mask. He actually loves you. He made you. Uh, begin to live without the mask and, and let, let it go where it goes. Accountability can only be obtained if you do life with somebody. Yeah. If you're not doing life with somebody, you won't have accountability. I am sorry. You, you can't have it. You can call it whatever you want, but you're not going to have it. You know, I think you painted me right into the canvas, Dave, because I struggle with that. I mean, it's, it's hard. And I think you get around certain people and it's like you don't have a choice. It's like you have to have a mask on because people, I think today, maybe more than ever, lack empathy. And without having the right, the right amount of empathy, I mean, you could walk into your job and you can be the real you and your boss isn't going to have it or your coworkers are not going to have it. Like, I mean, and I'm talking about like just letting go of, you know, issues that are happening in your life. You know, you're struggling with something. I'm not going to say that you can just do that with anybody. I don't know. I, I find this maybe to be hard to put into practice um, when you're a younger person. Maybe when you get older, maybe it gets easier, but it's just somebody, and I'm just being honest, as someone who's younger, it's hard to be real and raw and, you know, and not wear a, a mask of any kind. Why? Because I think people have perceptions of you. They have 
you know, an understanding of who you are that like you're trying to play into. I don't know what it is. Let me ask you guys, you're younger. So do you think that you have to portray a certain image of perfection for someone my age to accept you? I think so. But if you came to me and said, you know what, Dave, I got these secret ambitions. You know, every time somebody um, at the gas station says this or something, you know, I mean, I just want to do something really bad. And, and I sit there and go, you know what? Welcome to the human race. You got these issues like everybody else. All of us have issues. I, I don't care who you are. You have issues. And you know what? The thing is, if you think you don't, God will reveal that you do down the road. You do, and other people might even see them. It's like when you pray, to, when you pray and you confess your sin to God, do, do you ever surprise him? No. So he actually knows who you are before you pray. Yep. And he actually knows who you really are. Even if you don't know who you really are, he knows who you are. Right. So you're not surprising him. So, so you need to understand that. And he still loves you. Yep. That's the model that we need to go by. And the, and, the, and the problem is the church, maybe in general, or people my age and your age, whatever, it's like we've played with these masks so long that we're really uncomfortable when they're not on. It's almost as if we're afraid of vulnerability. We are. We are. And maybe rightfully so. Maybe, maybe there will be people who punish. You know, I don't know how many young men have come to me in life and they've just uh, bare their soul and they say, you know what? You're not going to believe this. I have a problem with this, and I've been doing this privately and all this kind of stuff. And when they're done, I say, well, welcome. I mean, you're human like everybody else. And they're, they're shocked because I am Mr. Conservative, if you know me. I mean, I, but it's like, you know what? So you struggle with sin like everybody else does. Mm. And they look at me like, so you're not throwing me out the door or anything? Mm. No. I mean, what we have to do is talk about what the problem is here. If you're suffering today with, with, with masks all the time, go talk to a live coach. I mean, just go there and, and, and talk to them. Because what, what you got to do is get in the habit. First of all, there are people that are safe to be around and to talk to them honestly. And there are people who aren't. And, uh, and those who actually love God and know God, they're safe. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to give you what you want, by the way. It just means that they're safe to talk to and they'll help you get to where you belong. And especially if you're listening, you're a young person, can you relate to that? I mean, do you walk into a room and, and with mixed people in there and, and just bare your soul? Or are you a little bit more reserved? Who do you talk to about some of the things? Say you're feeling down today and, and you're struggling. I mean, who do you go to and, and chat with about it? Do you just open up? I would say for me, I probably don't. You can join us on the tweet back and let us know your thoughts. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Jason with you this week on the show. Dave, what an engaging conversation. I don't know what to expect on these shows every week, but to talk about, you know, the idea that we have to wear a mask and we have to live, you know, with this kind of facade of perfection. I know that struggle personally. I know many young people that struggle with that. And especially for young people today, where you have, you're going into a workplace, you know, we talk about millennials in the workplace, the largest workforce right now. And, uh, and we have many more young people that will be entering in the workforce in the next couple of years here. We're looking at a generation that's coming in that, you know, again, you're green, you don't have a lot of work experience, maybe you do, but especially when you graduate college and you go off and try to find your first job, there is a lot of perfection imaging that happens. Like you have to put out yourself 
Like you got to get your LinkedIn profile all set. You got to make it look so neat and perfect and tidy Goofy. and, and exaggerate some things because who's going to look at a person who's just average, right? Yeah. Like for some reason today, we're convinced we have to be superstars in every single area for whatever job we're going for. And you got to pitch yourself why you're the best person for this job and all that. So all that translates over into our relationships then because all our relationships have to have some kind of aura that, man, I got it all together. I've got it all figured out. And Maybe this is just a Western thing, or maybe it's just uh, a young person perspective, but I don't know. Lend me some experience and wisdom, Dave, because this is the struggle. I think that's a messed up thought process. (laughs) Sorry. I do too. I wish it wasn't that way. And here's why. Here's why. Because here's what I think. Okay, I'm an older guy. People send resumes to me, that kind of thing. And and I, you know what? I'm reading these thinking, that's nice. You know how to put words together. It means nothing to me. Mm. It means nothing. You, You can put whatever you want on paper. You can put whatever you want, any way you want. You can portray yourself any way you want. It's meaningless. I mean, yeah, okay, so then I'll start separating. This guy, you know, he didn't have his breakfast on his resume, so that's good. I mean, it wasn't all smeared there with grease or anything, so that's probably good. That can go to the top of the pile. I mean, <laughs> the stuff you end up separating things with, it, you know, as I talk to businessmen, let's, let's just pretend we got a closed-door session with some businessmen, some business ladies, and they're, they're telling you what they look for. What they're looking for is to somebody they know that will vouch for the character and work habits of that person. That's what they're looking for. Forget the resumes and everything's on there. Why? Because people in my age bracket, if we're still running something, we think everybody's living in this pretend lie world anyway. They've grown up getting ribbons for everything they've done, and they really think they're, they're coming and offering you something, but they have no experience. And they don't, you know, come to me and say, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I love to work hard. I love God. I want to be, and I'm going, you're at the top of the list, man. Why? Because you're actually honest on this one. It's not that you don't have experience. In your generation, especially, that should be doing more media work and all that kind of thing. Why? Because you, you do that naturally better than I would. So that's not that important to me. When I played uh, football in college, um, I had only played one year of high school, really, and I wasn't really fundamentally sound. And I knew that after I played in college, that I wasn't fundamentally sound coming into college. And I asked the coaches, why in the world, after I was done, I asked them, why did you recruit me? Because I know now that I didn't know what I knew now. I mean, I, I know how bad I was. And, and they said, well, we didn't recruit you because you were good at football. I said, really? I mean, I'm insulted at that moment, but really? I mean, <laughs> and, and he's, they said, no, we recruited you because you had all this stuff that we couldn't teach you. Mm. And I never forgot that. And of course, me going, what stuff? I mean, what were you looking at? When they said, that's easy. You had energy, man. You were all over the field. You just weren't where you belonged. Hmm. We can take energy and direct it. Do you ever have parents who have kids who are just energetic? Yeah, my kids. You you know them? Yeah, I was going to say. I'm I'm telling you something. That's a gift. You can direct that, but you have a real hard time directing a kid that sits there and mopes around. Hmm. Don't ever complain about the energy. You can direct it. And, and that's really what they recruited me for in college. It was energy. They would interview the coaches. Man, yeah, this guy listens. He wants to learn. Mm-hmm. All right. He wants to learn. He's got energy. He's got the stuff that we can't give him. Mm-hmm. The worst players, they told me, were guys that came in out of high school who were all state, all universe, all whatever. All and, and, and they came like the gift to the school. Yep. And they, they didn't have the energy. Yep. And, and most of those guys did not make it. I always want to understand that principle in life. So a young person listened to me today. You guys listen to me. I'm telling you, your skill level 
is not as important as your character level. Yeah. Your skill level is not as important as your learnability level. Is learnability a word? It is now. All right. So, so that's what you have to develop in life. That's why I love the Nicolay Bible Institute. It gives us a chance to take a young person, teach them the Bible, and watch them work and be able to reference them later in life as somebody who either has character, has those things that somebody would want in a business. Boy, I'm telling you, you have a hard time doing that just out of any old college. So, Jason, do you find that you have struggled in the past with this idea of needing to be perfect or having things all figured out? I mean, you seem like a guy that has stuff figured out. Yeah, you know, and, and I went through a phase right after college that that I learned a big lesson because right after college is when I went to Northern Ireland um, as a missionary and I was over there for a few months and then I'd come back to the States to sort out some visa stuff to stay over there longer. And like you said, I, I used to be a person and to some extent I still am, but I, I kind of take it with a grain of salt now is that I, I like to have things planned out and figured out and, and mapped out because I'm a, I'm, I'm a forward thinker. I'm a futuristic thinker. And so I like to, you know, make sure I know where I'm going. But with the whole Ireland thing, you know, I came back thinking that the visa process would take a few weeks. And that few weeks turned into, you know, seven months oh, wow. of not knowing what was going on. And there was this whole process, you know, there was a lot of things I learned in that process. Um, but one of the things was, you know what, I need to, to realize that I need to put my trust in the one who does know the plan. And that's God. And I just need to take it one day at a time and take the things that I have here and now and, and work with what I have rather than worrying about the future. And that's, that's a big biblical principle, but I never, I knew that, but I never practically lived that out. And so now I would say that, you know, yes, I like to have things planned out, but I just go with the flow because I realize that things can change by tomorrow. Yep. And so there's no point in putting all the time and effort in trying to plan what's tomorrow when you got today to live. And I think a lot of us get so wrapped up in that, that we forget to live in the here and now. And, and we forget about actually doing life because we're so busy w trying to figure out other stuff that has nothing to do with the here and now. Honestly, when you think about what you just said, the whole idea is, look, I didn't even know I needed to grow in this area. Right. God knew I needed to grow and yeah. he loves me. Yeah. So he taught me. That's why we put masks on. We don't want people to know where we need to grow. Right. What do you think God invented old people for? Well, and sometimes we're not willing <laughs> to face the fact that we need to grow. Right. Old people, older people will look and say, look, I see your struggle, but you're not giving me any chance to help you with it. And since you're not giving me any chance to help you, I'm backing off. Go ahead and do it yourself. The trouble is you're not taking advantage of that generation that went before you that learned something. And my generation then goes and says, we're getting lackadaisical about this. So, In the second half of HopeNet Radio, join us in Colossians 2. We're going to look at this book and some life application to it about keeping the main thing the main thing. We want the main thing to be the main thing. What do we mean by that? What is the main thing? How do we get past the distractions of life, the need to be imperfect, to be who we really are? How do we get to the point of taking off the mask and living in that reality? Join us tonight on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTV. And the second half of the show is coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. I choose to be taken seriously. To take a stand for what I believe in. To no longer believe the lies that have been told about me or my generation. I know I've been set apart. The old me has passed away, but the new me has come. Yes, I speak with purpose in my words. Yeah, they travel far and they dig deep. See, these words that I speak when I speak turn into seeds that fall on the fertile ground. And when the rain comes, <laughs> 
When the rain comes, that which you thought was there will rise from the ground. And not just rise from the ground, but rise strong and powerful, unafraid and unashamed. See, I rise from the ground when my back is against the wall. I rise when all else fails. I rise when people judge me and mistreat me. I rise when my friends turn away. I rise. I am that seed. I rise. What about you? Rise Youth Conference, April 28th and 29th at Pathways Church in Appleton. Learn more at riseyouthconference.com. That's riseyouthconference.com. Hi, I'm Ashley. I was drinking from sunup to sundown. When I came in the Teen Challenge, God completely grabbed a hold of my hand and has been walking with me throughout the whole journey here. It's just saved my life. Hey, this is John Foreman from Switchfoot. No matter how trapped you might feel by drug or alcohol addiction, there is a way out. You can call Teen Challenge toll-free at 1-855-AND-ADDICTION or visit them online at teenchallengeusa.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW Jason with you this week. And if you miss any part of this conversation, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You can look back at all of our past shows. And tonight we're talking about keeping the main thing, the main thing. I had a, a mentor in my life at a young age that always reminded me of that. Jeff, when you're going through something, keep the main thing, the main thing. Even when you're not going through something, keep the main thing, the main thing. And what that meant was to keep Christ at the center. Now, there's a lot of things And especially now in the age of social media and having to have the appeal of perfection to make your life all put together, or at least look like you have it all put together, we have more pressure than ever, I think, to be somebody that we're not. And what that causes us to do is to lose track of what the main thing really is. Christ is no longer the center of it. I've become my own master, and I begin to to really lose track of my life. And eventually I'm going to find out that I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be depressed. There's an article that we have in our show notes about time that's spent online on social media. It's on your smartphone, whatever. All this time that people are spending online, there's actually a report out that is tying that to loneliness. And I know we make assumptions sometimes on the show. We don't have all the facts, but here's a fact. All this time that we spend online, social media, it's not making us more connected. It's actually socially isolating us, which is leading to loneliness and a host of other issues. So guys, I want to unpack Colossians 2 with you because there's so much in this chapter that I want to be able to get to. I don't know if we'll get to all of it, but if you're hanging out with us, do check into Colossians 2. There's a lot of good stuff there, Dave. Well, even in context of where we've been going, you listen to the Apostle Paul say, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. And for those that lay to see, and all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, it's interesting to see an older guy just just pour out his heart and say, I have such a burden for your success. Mm. I have this burden for you. And, and that's exactly what happens with somebody who, who loves God and walks with God. I mean, you were talking about keeping the main thing the main thing. Hey, let me ask you and Jason, you know, the main thing is keeping Christ at the center. Mm-hmm. All right. Is Christ at the center regardless of how we treat him? 
Yes. I mean, isn't he at the center? Yep. So you're just saying live like live in reality. Right. I mean, God is in charge. And and you wonder why you're miserable? You live as if reality isn't reality. Mm-hmm. As if we have a choice. Let me see if I should choose to put Christ at the center. It doesn't really matter what you choose. He is at the center. So you either are choosing. Your choice isn't about whether he's at the center. Your choice is he's at the center. Are you going to live in context of that or not? I mean, that's your real choice. That's exactly what Paul's saying. This older guy is saying, I want you to understand something. I want you to know the mystery, which is Christ, the idea that he's the creator and sustainer, that he loves you, that he keep him where he belongs. That's what I want you to do. You know, if you're miserable today, you're miserable because you're at the center. School's at the center. Money's at the center. Something else is at the center. It's never going to work because it's never going to work. And you can quote me on that one. <laughs> That's a good quote. The main thing, Christ, Paul is, is assuring the Colossians. There's a lot of things that are going on in the the realm of Colossus, but in this community of believers, there's a lot of things that are vying for people's attention. There are also these lofty human-centric beliefs, we call them philosophies, and they're kind of creeping into the church. They're saying, you know, it's it's Jesus plus these kinds of practices, you know, where, you know, it's this in some ways it was kind of a false sense of holiness because it was, it was people that were living, you know, according to some religious legalism, you know, they were going to church or doing churchy things, but they also were like creeping in with other thoughts and thinking that are more human centric. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the same struggle with us today is that, and especially when you get out of, if you grow up in a Christian home, like my experience was, and you get out and you get into a secular university or a non-Christian worldview, kind of thinking that you start to hear different ideas. Like there are other opinions about how the world is made or how the world came in to be. Uh, you get other lines of thinking of, of lifestyle philosophy. So it's, it's much more of a man centric thing and it, it sounds really good. And here's Paul saying this, he's saying, I say this to you so that no one can fool you by arguments that seem good, but are false. Right. And I think that's the struggle as a young person is how do you filter that? How do you filter out those arguments and the good, you know, happy thought stuff that seems prevalent in our world so that we actually keep the main thing the main thing. One of the things you got to realize is truth isn't always pretty. Hmm. So if somebody's always making it pretty, they're probably not telling you the truth. I would agree. Yeah, totally. If you got bad breath, you got bad breath. You know, I mean, that's the way life is. And someone needs to say you got bad breath. I mean, that's all there is to it. So if somebody's always painting a, a rosy picture to you, now I'm not saying if somebody's optimistic, because I, I think that's a personality, and obviously optimism isn't evil or anything. I, I'm just saying if truth can be ugly, if, if, if I'm you know, morbidly overweight or something, uh, it's like, you know what? It's okay to tell me I eat too much. Now you go, wait a minute, I want to hear that. You're going to ruin my self-image. I'm going, to, no, I'm going to go to the other extreme. It's like, well, okay, let me tell you, truth is, is sometimes ugly. It's, it's hard to take. But that's how we get to the point in life where we can live a significant and secure life. We live within the truth. So we need to have people around us who live in truth and who speak to us. And this is the phrase in the Bible, they, they will speak truth in love. Mm. In other words, that's the motivation. So if I say something to you, Jay, I'm saying something to you, Jeff, whatever. I'm saying it because I care about you and I want you to be the best you can be. Now, that's my motivation. If you read this in Colossians, you hear that from Paul. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you 
He's going on saying, I want what's best for you. And that's why this guy then writes some very tough stuff to read because he's doing it from the motivation that this is good for you. And I want you to grow and become what you should become. I would suggest that, you know, you need to have people in your life that will be truthful, but because they love you, not because they want to control you. You know, after that first kind of couple of verses, he goes in to remind us of of who Christ is and, and clinging to the truth of that rather than getting swept away by cultural beliefs or human traditions or anything like that. Because, I mean, you look at verse six, it says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. You know, that's the the main thing. You got to keep the main thing. Otherwise, in the next verse, you're going to be swept away by philosophy, empty deceit, human tradition, and all this other stuff that will pull you away from Christ. So keeping the main thing, the main thing is what Paul is trying to remind us here. Yeah, it's good stuff. And like I said, Colossians 2 has so much to unpack. We're going to unpack some more when we come back here on the show. Share your thoughts with us, especially if you've been struggling in this area. On the tweet back tonight, use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also email us anytime on the show at hope at hopenet360.com. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff DW with you this week, and I'm sitting down with some friends of mine. I have Chase and I have Adam on the show, and they're going to share about a conference coming to Appleton around the end of April. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Chase, let's start with you, man. So, this conference, Rise Youth Conference... Tell me a little bit about the conference itself. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We're so excited about this conference. It uh, was birthed out of a need in our own church, um, our own student ministry. We felt like to go to a, a really awesome conference, we either had to go to Chicago or Minneapolis. We had to drive, and there's all the costs. And so we either became slaves to a fundraising, or we just we couldn't make it work. And so um, we just prayed about it. And God put this dream in our heart to put on a conference for middle school and high school students in uh, northeastern Wisconsin, and God's kind of opened the doors. And um, we- This is Adam. Do I have to, should I say that? Yeah. So God put this dream in our hearts, and we took it to our pastor, and he just basically was like, okay, let me pray about it, think about it. And I remember Chase came to the office and was like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Later on that night, Chase texted me and was like, Pastor Adam said that it's a go. And so from there, we just been running straight forward and booking speakers and booking artists. And now we're a month out and it's getting ready to go down. You have quite a lineup of different speakers and not only speakers, but artists, entertainers, creative people. Yes. Yes. One of the things that I'm excited about is the maze. We decided to not go the artist route and book a singer. And we decided to go with an illusionist, a magician. And he does these cool things. And throughout his set, He tells his testimony of how God healed him from cancer. And so I think it's going to be a really cool, uh, cool event. And that session is going to be really cool for for students to to hear that and then to see the the magic that he kind of makes. Chase, tell me a little bit about 
the conference. What What is the schedule like? Yeah, it's a Friday night and all day Saturday conference. And so it'll kick off around 630 on Friday night with an opening session. And we've kind of designed the sessions to be some part, part worship gathering. There's going to be a message, but also a lot of creative elements within the service. So um, we're really excited about that. So it starts Friday night, you go home, you stay there, what do you do? Yeah, one of the awesome things about this conference is that it is local, and so um, our heart in this conference is to resource local churches, whether they have a youth group that's organized or whether it's just four or five kids that they can come. You don't have to travel, you don't have to book a hotel, you can go home at night and then come back on Saturday, and it kind of eliminates all of that cost that you would that would be associated with going to another conference at a, in a larger city. That's awesome. And as far as the price goes, are you paying hundreds of dollars for the conference? No, because our church uh, believes in this and we want to resource not only just our student ministry, but local churches in Northeastern Wisconsin, uh, we're able to provide the conference at uh, $30 a student. And so we're really excited about that. And uh, really, our church is just looking at it as an investment in our community. And really, it's not about our church. Our pastors aren't speaking. We want this to just be a uh, seed into our community to reach and build and encourage uh, middle school and high school students in northeastern Wisconsin. Adam, one thing we haven't really talked about yet is you guys need volunteers for this. Like, you need some help, manpower. Yes, yes. To put on an event like this, me and Chase have learned that we can't do it by ourselves, and we need as many volunteers as possible. we, We need, realistically, we need about 125 volunteers. You can volunteer with check-in, you can volunteer with registration, with games, with hospitality. Like, we need volunteers. You name it, we need it. All right, so how do you sign up to volunteer? You can visit our uh, visit the website, riseyouthconference.com, and there's a, a registration form right there on the website volunteers. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. If you want to learn more about Rise Youth Conference and maybe bring your youth group or you just want to attend yourself, you can go and check out riseyouthconference.com. That link is in our show notes tonight at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. I choose to be taken seriously, to take a stand for what I believe in, to no longer believe the lies that have been told about me or my generation. I know I've been set apart. The old me has passed away, but the new me has come. Yes, I speak with purpose in my words. Yeah, they travel far and they dig deep. See, these words that I speak when I speak turn into seeds that fall on the fertile ground. And when the rain comes, (laughs) when the rain comes, that which you thought was there will rise from the ground. And not just rise from the ground, but rise strong and powerful, unafraid and unashamed. See, I rise from the ground when my back is against the wall. I rise when all else fails. I rise when people judge me and mistreat me. I rise when my friends turn away. I rise. I am that seed. I rise. What about you? Rise Youth Conference, April 28th and 29th at Pathways Church in Appleton. Learn more at riseyouthconference.com. That's riseyouthconference.com. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. You can get all of these links, all the stuff we talk about on the show tonight, on tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com, including the BBC Dad video, because who doesn't love the BBC Dad video? 
just kind of shows what real life is. And Dave, we've been unpacking not just Colossians 2, but trying to get back to what the main thing really is in life. And what Paul describes in Colossians 2 is the main thing is Christ. You know, we, we don't need anything else but Christ. Yes, we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a world that has expectations of us. But when we really see the bigger picture and we really get ourselves in alignment with what reality is, man, there's so much freedom that comes with that. What are some of your final thoughts tonight? You know, I just love uh, in Colossians, the second chapter six to eight says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. We could spend a whole program on what that means, but I want you to think about it. Rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. We started the program talking about the danger of not really knowing people in the mass that we wear. And that's the, the dangers of this deceptive world in which we live in. It's really hard for people to let themselves be known and let themselves be loved and let themselves be vulnerable. But if you are living according to the way God made you to live, those things will not bother you. You can be vulnerable. You can be real. You can say things that that you're thinking, and you can say them in the context of relationships that will help you see reality and respond to God. If if you're struggling with reality, you're struggling with those verses. You know, we have a, a, a hope line that you can go to. Uh, go to hopenet360.com and, and go to the live coaches and talk to them there and talk to them about life and the idea that what does this mean that you, you know, as you receive Christ, walk in him and talk it through and try and figure out, you know, what is the reality that I'm missing so this mask can be dropped? Uh, and I also want to encourage our listeners, uh, Jason and Jeff, to go and read the books of Jude and Second Peter. If you're wondering what a false teacher looks like, in the book of Jude and the book of Second Peter, they describe it. They describe what a false teacher looks like. So you can go there and get a definition for it. And, uh, and that's very important, I think, to do because that's Satan's great uh, toy or ploy is to uh, get you to live in this pretend world. And I'm begging you not to. I'm begging you to live in the real world. You know, we've been talking about the main thing. And in order to live the main thing, you got to know the main thing. you got to know Jesus. you got to spend time getting to know him, spend time in, your word, in the word. Because that's reality is when the rubber meets the road, if you're not rooted and grounded in that, you know, just using some of the language that Paul uses there in that, in that verse 6, I believe, you know, rooted and established in your faith. You know, you're not going to be able to face reality. And I think that's what deep down inside many of us are doing is that we're not, you know, we, we say that we're a Jesus follower. We kind of go through the motions. We go to church. We go to youth group. And we kind of compartmentalize God in a box. You know, we try to do our, our time alone with God, our devotions. You know, maybe we get to it once or twice a week. But it's not a priority in our life. And that starts to show in the way that we face reality because all of a sudden, now we're running from it. When people ask us how we're doing, we're not willing to face it and tell them the truth because we know where we're really at. And that's just Satan trying to, to just wrap his arms around you and keep you from, from really embracing who you are in Christ and living boldly for him. If you're out there today listening, just wondering what step you need to take, you know, in order for you to start making steps and moments in your life where, where Jesus is real, you need to spend time with him. And we've talked about that before in the show, but it really starts there. It's the simple fact. If you do not spend time with Jesus, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's, that's, that's the main thing. If you do that, then everything else will start to fall in line. It won't be easy, but it'll start to fall in line. Absolutely. The Bible often refers to the church as the body of Christ. And when Christ is the head, things work out. But when we come out of alignment with who Jesus is, and we begin to think and act in ways that 
use different philosophies in life. Say we hear a really good catchy phrase. Uh, I have this phrase that I've used in some circles of conversation is it's more of a joke, a running joke, but it says that I'm not really that superstitious, but I am a little stitious. (laughs) And we tend to throw in these beliefs and, and become superstitious about certain things in life. We're believing things that may not really be true. You know, like to get a job, you have to have a really good LinkedIn profile or to have a really good resume or have a really good cover letter or know the right people or whatever. And so we put all these different beliefs in thinking, oh, if I have this, 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 all figured out and, and put in line that this is going to happen. A plus B equals C. But when you get out in the real world, you really begin to notice things that you don't really have a strong grasp on, that there are things you just don't know. And so that's, I think, part of it. As a young person, you begin to branch out and think, well, then something's got to change. I need to change something about me. I need to, you know, blaze my own trail. And what Paul writes about in Colossians, and he gets to this fact, is that what ends up happening is when we believe certain things like this, that we, we rise up with our pride, like we have it all figured out. And I think the first thing, If tonight you're listening to the show and you're like, well, okay, a lot of stuff you guys talked about. What's the main thing? Let's talk about the main thing. First of all, you've got to realize that you in and of yourself do not have the main thing contained. Like it's not you. You're not the main thing. Uh, You need help to sort that out. So some of the things that you can begin to do just tonight, if you want to get back to the main thing is identify what the real main thing is. And that is Christ. That's what Paul writes about in Colossians. And he's trying to get through all the the gunk and stuff that people have put in the Jesus plus aspect of life. And he says, no, just let's just strip that away. Let's get back to the main thing. Acknowledge, first of all, that the reality, all reality is rooted in Christ. And then begin to root, like Paul says, root, be rooted in Christ and to grow out of that. And Paul's writing this, he wants you to be strengthened and he wants unity And I think if we become unified in Christ, there's nothing that can stop the church. What ends up happening is that we put in other things into the church and and we think, well, I add this and these people have it all right. These people don't have it all right. We become to fight with each, we we start fighting with each other and we start to, to put together philosophies and maybe doctrines, whatever, belief systems and practices that just aren't reality. You can ask some questions to yourself as well to identify what the main thing is or how to get back to the main thing. Ask this question, what have I made into the main thing? Look at your life. Jason and I, on the last program, we talked about making our kids. We had dreams for our kids. Sometimes we end up putting our kids not only ahead of our spouse, but we end up putting our kids ahead of God. And so we've made them the main thing. Maybe we've made our job the main thing, maybe we've made, you know, a promotion or a a certain interview or a certain uh, possession, the main thing. What have you made into the main thing in the last few weeks or past few months or even the past few years? What is your main thing? And then question that. Is that the main thing? Probably not. What beliefs have I made to be true? Look at your life. What things are you believing Like I talked about, whether it's a thing like LinkedIn or that, you know, if I eat the certain diet, if I have this certain diet in my life, then I'll be healthy. I won't get cancer. I won't, you know, I won't ever fall ill. You know, I'll have a perfect life here on earth. Or have I been trying to earn God's love? You can ask yourself that question. Have I been trying to earn God's love or his approval more so than what he already gives us? I think that's a struggle in and of itself. And we can unpack that on future shows. Speaking of future shows, that's all the time we have for you this week on HopeNet Radio. But you can subscribe 
to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Check out HopeNet360.com slash podcast. We do have show notes along with them. You can check those out as well at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back, is going 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTB. Connect with us on social media using the at HopeNet Radio handle. And from all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Later. Thank you.